need to be a lifelong learner in this business, I think. You can't just take some certification and think you know everything because you don't. The human body is miraculous and it is something you have to learn about and understand how it works. And that's why advanced certifications are very important. I feel like I'm a lifelong learner, number one. Number two, I want to know more than I know today. I want to be able to translate that better to my clients and other, other people that I know. Welcome to the Second Act Fit Pros podcast, the show where I highlight the vibrant and active lives of health and fitness professionals in their second act. I'm your host, Erin, a functional aging specialist, and I'm here to introduce you to a diverse range of professionals dedicated to empowering individuals to live well, thrive, and embrace their second act through movement and improved health. Join me as we explore the endless possibilities and opportunities in the health and fitness field. I'm speaking with Tim Minnick, the Guinness Book of World Records' oldest active personal trainer. At 80, he works as a personal trainer and group exercise instructor at a local Gold's gym with no signs of slowing down. He is dedicated to lifelong learning and has amassed multiple certifications. We talk about how Tim has started as a personal trainer, his remarkable achievements along the way, and incredible stories of strength and transformation from his clients. So whether you're a fitness enthusiast or just seeking inspiration to embrace an active lifestyle, you'll be inspired by Tim's story and perhaps rethink what's possible in the second act. Tim, you are the Guinness Book of World Records' oldest active personal trainer. I am. When did you get started in personal training and what inspired you to do that? It was back, it was almost eight years ago now. And I had been in private business for 40 years, probably something like that. And had my own business and I had brought in a couple of partners with me and that turned out to be a mistake. But anyway, that's another story, but at any rate. So anyway, I'd been in private business, financial services for 35, 40 years. And I got, when we sold the business and got out of it, and I basically, my wife had passed away 15, just over 15 years. And so I was looking for something to do. I knew that I didn't want to sit around and be quote unquote retired because I would be Lord's death on that. And I think that's a prescription for rapid aging is that kind of life, in my opinion, at least. Maybe others disagree with that. But at any rate, so I decided I'd always been always been in athletics and had always spent time at the gym and but sometimes not very intense and I didn't know what I was doing, basically. You know, I was kind of doing it on my own. And then about probably about the time, just after, not after too long after she passed away, I really started getting into it and really trying to learn about it and understand it and understand what I was doing. And I knew I had to take care of my body and I didn't want to, so I wanted a plan and a method to do that. And so I did that and I got, I got pretty good at it and I was training six days a week. And, but I, at, in the beginning, like I said, I didn't know what I was doing. Then I gradually started learning things. And then I got really, and I said, why don't you just do this? Be a good, this would be something good for you to do. And you can help other people that are somewhere around your age. And that's a good thing. That's what I did. So I went out and I got certified as a trainer. And I started looking around, what do I want to do? I want to go get a job. I want to try to do this on my own. And I didn't know what I was doing on my own. So I thought, I'll go, I'll go to a gym and see if they'll hire me. I went to several, a couple of them, pretty hard, 
And some of them wouldn't even talk to me or Diva wouldn't even, they wouldn't even interview me, let alone hire you. And I, I went to a couple of those and Gold's Gym, where I work now, is a particular gym I'm located at is close to where I live. So I just drove over there, walked in, said, hey, can I see the general manager or fitness manager or whatever? Young guy came out, we talked and had a long conversation. And two days later, I've been working there. And so it's been a very interesting experience. And I've learned a heck of a lot, a lot. And just about the human body, about how people respond to work to exercise and about people that are, can't exercise as well, especially older people. If they have some limitations, it's been very interesting to learn that information. Mm -hmm. And that's really what I want to spend the rest of my time doing is helping people having difficulty as they age. And it may be something that's, that they had, they had an accident or they've had whatever going on, some kind of disease, illness, whatever it is that goes on, or maybe they just haven't done anything for a long time and they've gotten really weak. And that happens all the time. And so my mission in life, if you want to call it that, is to help as many of those people as I can. And I've been pretty successful in doing that over the last eight years. And it's been exciting to me. It's really been exciting. I, I enjoy yeah. seeing people improve and see them get better and see them being able to return to some more, um, some better function than they had when I first met them. So. So I'm, that's a long-winded answer to answer your question. But anyway, no. hopefully that gives you an idea. Yeah, I love that. So you've been with your at the Gold's Gym for eight years now? Just said? about, not quite. Okay. Just about. Did you have any insight into why the other gyms weren't hiring? I have no idea. I think of my age. When I was doing this, when I started out, I was 73 or whatever it was. And I think some of them were scared off on my age. And they're not going to say that, mm -hmm. but, but I think that they were, and that's okay. I understand. I totally get that actually. And, but I think they make a mistake when you do something like that because you have somebody like me that can really, I feel I've really had a lot to the, a lot to their gym environment and they were not even willing to talk to me, which was pretty interesting ruined. Yeah. But anyway, but that's what I think. I don't mm -hmm. know that. That's what I think. Yeah. Do you think that's changed at all in the past few years coming out yeah. of the pandemic? Do you think like maybe yeah. now it would be maybe a different? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so. I think it's transitioned. We've got another guy at the gym that's 70, trying with me. And, and, but we've had most of our trainers here pretty young, not totally, but I've got a, there's a lady there, trains there, and I know pretty well. She's been there longer, way longer than I have. She's 50, maybe. And, mm -hmm. and others, of course, there's some you know, men and women too, but basically it's more, I think, more of a middle-aged deal right now. Now, that's not true in every gym. Every gym has its own personality, in my opinion. Because yeah. if you go into enough of them, you realize they each, they're, each have a little different vibe to them. And, and some of them appeal to younger people. Some of them appeal to other types. Just a little different, but yes, I answer yeah. your question. Yes, it has changed something. Okay. What do you like about working at the gym setting? Is that the only setting you're working in, or do you do training outside of that? I do some training outside, and I'll probably be expanding that actually. Um, but I am I'm training some at home, but my main focus is the gym at this point. But I'll probably gradually transition to more at home training. 
or remote training of some type, whether it's in the home or not. But but I think that's probably where I'll end up. It, but it's not going to happen quickly. It'll take a while for that to happen. And what do you like about the gym setting? You've got everything there. You've got all the equipment right there. You've got everything you possibly want. You've got you've got studio environment that you can use. I teach four classes a week, and that's in most places that's you don't have a room. This is a big gym, and it's like going into a nighttime fitness or something like that, which is huge, you know, or some situation or you know twenty four hour fitness or whatever. But they're big box gyms. And so they've got a lot of, they got a lot of equipment there. You can pretty much do anything you want. You've, they've got classroom space. You've got everything you want. That's a, that's an advantage. Mm-hmm. But if you're training at home, I think that's not necessarily, you don't need all of that necessarily, especially if I'm training at home with somebody that's coming out of physical therapy or something like that, and they're dealing with limitations or something. You don't need that. All I need is a set of stretch bands and a, something like that, that's really all I need. And their body weight, that's it. But if I want them to lift weights, then we got to go to somewhere it's got weights. Yeah. But at any rate, but anyway, that's one, that's the way I feel about that. So I've got some mile of equipment, but I don't have nothing like the gym. Yeah. Tell me about the classes that you teach. What are those classes? I teach four silver sneaker classes, silver sneaker related classes. And two of them are just group exercise. And we have about probably anywhere 15 to 22 people every session on that, which is a pretty crowded thing for the studio we're in. And then I teach two classes. One of them is a older age mobility class. And the other one is an older age strength class. And so in the mobility class, all I'm trying to do is to get them to be able to work their joints through a full range of motion be able to understand how to move better, how to walk better, how to better posture, how to do various things like that better. And a lot of them are very tight and bodies are tight. All of that, they sit a lot and all of the complications that come with that. So that's a really good class. And then the other one, the strength class, which I actually did just working over here to, to do this call, is basically just helping people to use body weight or resistance training to gain muscle mass and become stronger and that we do that every friday and then we do the other one on monday and then we do the group class just as an aside i was nominated for silver picker instructor of the year this last year in 2022 very cool and, and i ended up almost got it i was in it and that's pretty remarkable because of an old guy like me with a bunch of young silver sneaker instructors pretty crazy that I even had chance to it. But then they ended up, I think I was in the final four to get the thing in. I didn't get it, but I think it's great to be a finalist. I thought that to be a finalist. And that's yeah. nationwide. There's hundreds of instructors. Anyway, so that's just a, as a, as another little tidbit too. Uh, that's awesome. Instead, you got the Guinness Book of World Records oldest trainer. (laughs) So I want to go into that in just a moment, but how have you found it's been able to build up your clientele? Has that been easy for you? How are you building up your client base? A lot of come out of the classes that teach. A lot of people may gravitate toward individual training. And and then some are just people that join the gym and I end up working with them on a, because everybody gets a free training session while they join the gym. And so 
I end up working with them. Some of them then will buy training. We'll end up, I have my longest running clients are two people. One of them has been with me over five years. The other one has been with me probably over over four years. They're long-term clients. I have others too that have been with me two plus years. They tend to stay generally, not always, but they tend to stay. Because they're interested in continuing the progress they made. It's very important to get people to see progress, obviously. And so I've got a guy that I'll meet with after a while, see 60, almost 66. And he loves to deadlift. He is, if I let him, he'd deadlift every day, but I won't let him. But he's hit a personal best of 355 on a deadlift, which is pretty good for a guy 65. And he wants to go higher. He wants to go higher and he wants to get better at it. And so anyway, this, that's just the other side, but it's stuff like it's really exciting to see. Mm -hmm. And it's exciting to see their progress. And I just love that. I love it. Yeah. It's better than a paycheck in my mind. I'm telling you, not always, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's pretty rewarding. Yeah. Paychecks are great too, but, but it's uh, pretty good, but it's pretty yeah. good. Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah. Exactly. How many hours a week do you work? What's your schedule like? Oh, it's, I generally try to schedule everything somewhere around, not before 10 o'clock. I'd go 10 o'clock to about six in the evening. Is not, I'll do that every day, but, mm -hmm. but I start, usually start about 10 and then I'm available through six. And sometimes I have people who just want to train later because they're, they have their job and they can't get there, which is fine. But usually the latest I have is probably at five o'clock, something okay. like that. But, but that's. And that's not, again, that varies by day. It just depends on the day and all week. So have you been able to build up your schedule enough that you're creating your own hours? Like you created that oh, yeah. work schedule that you want and that's as, oh, as yeah. much as oh, you yeah. want to work? Yeah, that's exactly mm -hmm. right. Yeah, I want to work. I don't want to work full time. I have no desire to work. Yeah. Uh, now, because I've got a lot of other stuff going on with grandkids and all that. And so I've got, I want to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. And so I don't want to work full time, but I'm getting some outside clients now out of the gym. And so that's going to take more time, but <clears throat> that's okay. So I'm willing to have that balance. Hopefully that will end up being uh, productive for the client as well as me. That's one of the perks about this job is that you can make your own schedule in a lot yeah, of, yeah. In a lot right. of ways. I work right. as much as you want. So tell me about the Guinness Book of World Records and how you came yep. about getting that prize. Yeah, it was very interesting. I never, ever expected that to happen. So our friend, Jay Croft, do you know Jay? Mm -hmm. And Jay and I got acquainted by when I first got into this. And, and I use his content a lot. And so <clears throat> he calls me one day, or I, I was talking to him. I don't know what it was. I can't remember now. But anyway, so he says, he said, hey, he said, I think you may be the oldest trainer in the world. And I said, what in the world are you talking about? And he said, no, I'm serious. And he and I said, how do you know that? He said, because I looked it up. And I said, okay. I said, so what? So, so he said, you ought to try to get that. You're way older than the person that's in the record book now. You ought to be able, you ought to qualify for that to get that. He said, it would be amazing to have that. So we talked a while longer and I said, okay, I'll give it a try. So I spent pretty much all of pretty much all of 2020 working on that. And finally, toward the end of 2020, I got recognition of that. 
And so Jay was right. He, he had looked it up and had checked it out. And the woman that had this was, she was like 65 or six, something like that. And of course, well, now we find out that there's people way older than I am that are doing the same thing. And, and so I told not only Jay, I told who got two of my partners, like, uh, Dan, I'm trying to talk to you. Lost my tripod. Anyway, sorry. Dan was looking for the world's oldest trader. Okay. So he had a newsletter came out and said, here we are. We're in such and wherever we are. We're looking for the world's oldest trader and blah, blah, blah. And so I saw that and he was talking to a lady that was like older than iron. And so I sent him a note and I said, Hey man, I said, I am the world's oldest trader. You can make him a smart book of right just so you'll know. And so he wrote me right back and he said, oh my God. And anyway, so that's how Dan and I developed a pretty good relationship through that. And anyway, that's how I ended up doing a couple of other things too, because of the fact that my relationship with him has been very nice to me. And that's, that's basically it, but it, it takes a year. It, take, it took me a year of getting information to the Guinness people. They're very particular about this, as you might expect. Yeah. They don't, they're not going to just hand that out to anybody. And so they have to get, they have to verify that you're actually working in the industry and that you're, you're actually getting paid and blah, 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 and all that. So I had to document a lot of things with them before that, before I got it. Hmm. Anyway, it was pretty interesting. They just sent me an email and they said, Hey, congratulations. You got your certificates on the way. Congratulations. Blah, blah, blah. That, that, that was it. So anyway, Very it's cool. pretty good. Very cool. And we didn't talk about how old are you, Tim? I'm 80. Okay. And I think I sent you my picture on beholding that certificate. I think I did. Yes, did I you, you did. Yes, I did. Okay, got you. Yeah. yeah. So tell me what doors have opened up or what opportunities have opened up since you've gotten that award. A few. I was, I was on the cover of Austin Fifth Magazine in February, and they did a whole feature on me, which was very nice of them to do. And that was another deal where they just called out of the blue and said, hey, we'd like to do a cover story feature article on you and for a February issue. And so we did. So they, they came out, took a bunch of photos and all that. They did a great job. They did a fabulous job with everything. It was very nice and very encouraging and uplifting and all that. And so that, that turned out really good. And, and then I've been, I've been a little bit involved in a couple of other things, but nothing dramatic really. That was the most dramatic thing possible. Mm -hmm. And, but. I think I'll be doing, I made to be done some more stuff for Dan and FAI in the future. I'm sorry I couldn't go to the convention recently, but I think next year may be a different story. Anyway. Yeah. I don't know where it's at next year, but I'm already planning on going. So I hope to see people that I've yeah, been talking to there. Absolutely. Yeah. What do you love most about personal training and teaching group exercise? Like I said a while ago, I like transferring knowledge to people that don't really know what they're doing for instance i just had we had our little class this morning on strength strength class excuse me and so what i what we did one of the aspects of the class is just to help people do things the right way either body weight or lifting weights or machines or whatever the heck they're doing so we did a thing today on how to do bent over rows properly and how to do kettlebell swings properly and so I enjoy doing that and teaching that because I've spent a lot of time learning all that stuff and learning the right way to do things. And I'm not saying I always do it the right way, but I certainly try to. 
And then, so with that, just as an example, we did that this morning, but even with individuals outside of a class, I'm almost to the point where I'm so bold about it that I stop people at the gym and say, Hey, you're doing that wrong. You need to do this the other way or something else with it. Because people tend to do things how they think it should be done, how their body tells them that it's going to be and they're, and it's not the right way. And I hate to see people get hurt or people do things the wrong way because they're not getting the results that they should get. And I know a little bit, I've been hurt in the gym a couple of times. And because I did things that were, that were not advisable to do. And, but I learned from that, learned that, Hey, you need to do it this way. Anyway, that's, I get a lot of enjoyment out of it. Just teaching. I, I've never considered myself a teacher actually, but I think that I enjoy that a lot because I like to see, I like to see results and see people grow and see them get better. And I see that every day, almost every day. Yeah. I love the story that you shared about the gentleman that was in his 60s that's deadlifting. What, 355 was it? Yep. That you said yep. 355. Do you have any yep. other favorite stories from clients or being in the gym? Yeah, a couple, I guess I could think about. I had a guy back, this was back a long time ago, when I first, I was probably been at the gym maybe a year. And I tell people that I've worked with almost every type of situation that you can imagine in terms of corrective exercise and being in, I've worked with Parkinson's people, several, I've worked with people, a lot of people that have high blood pressure. I think everybody seems to have high blood pressure for some reason, but anyway, so it's, I've worked do with that all the time. I've worked with people. I, one of the ones I was going to mention to you was I have worked with a guy that actually had a heart transplant mm. and he was an older guy, of course, and not of course, but anyway, but he was a little bit older and he came to me and came to the gym and he, I didn't realize that he'd actually had a work track where they took his heart out, put another one in. And so he told me all about it and we started working together and we became friends and he, so after he moved, he, he ended up moving and after he did, we kept up and everything. He, and he unfortunately passed away a year ago. But at any rate, he got a lot better. He really got, he had no strength at all, virtually none. And he was, had no endurance, had no cardiovascular endurance at all, of course, because he dealing with a huge, very invasive surgery. And, uh, but he got better and he was able to do things that he never thought he could do. And that, that's, as I alluded to a lot of it's very exciting to see that, especially with somebody like that's had that very tough surgery. I also worked with a guy that had a serious motorcycle accident, no helmet on, threw him off the motorcycle into the pavement and everything else and just tore him up pretty good. And I, I worked with him for quite a while, maybe probably less than a year, but quite a while. And he, he was back riding motorcycles in which I found him out. I said, you're crazy, but he did. He, he loved to ride motorcycles. And so he just he kept enough. He was, however, wearing a helmet when I was last saw him. So that was a good thing. But <laughs> stuff like that is really exciting to see. It's just, yeah. it's a lot of fun. So. Mm -hmm. Has anybody told you that they, that you have inspired them, that you haven't worked with as a client or as a, as being in your yeah, class? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And that's exciting too. That's one of the things I want to do. Because I, you can't meet everybody. It's 
impossible, pretty much. So what I, especially through this magazine article, I've had people tell me, people that I know in the gym have seen it or really say that's really inspiring and really able to blah, blah, blah. My family members too, which that's not always bad either because your family members are sometimes some of the people that you feel like you can't talk to. <laughs> the people. Yeah. You start to say something to them, they're going, oh, shut up. But, but I, because I have family members right now that are struggling with serious situation. And so anything I can do to inspire them is what I'm going to do. Because it's, and so, yeah, some of them have told me that. Yes, they said, man, you're a brilliant inspiration to me to continue my exercise program or whatever, whatever they're doing. And so anything I can do there is, it's just one of my, it's one of my priorities. And do you have any future plans for your personal training business or any trainings that you're planning on doing coming up? Yeah, I am. I'm going to try to expand outside the gym. I think I mentioned early in the conversation, but. I'm going to try to expand outside the gym some more because I think there are some people out there that either can or won't come to the gym that really need what I do. And it's, so it's, I certainly want to do that. I'm just in the infancy of doing that right now. Mm-hmm. Just getting started in that area right now. And I talked to numerous people about it and people that already do it now. And so I'm, Trying to talk to them to help them to understand where I am, what I'm doing. I'm not going to make a break. Oh, those has been very nice. I'm not upset with them. They've been very nice and very accommodating to me. And pretty much anything I want to do, I can do it. I just feel like I can probably, in fact, I'm sure I can do more outside of that environment. Now, does that mean I'm going to leave them entirely? I don't think so right now, but maybe in the future months, maybe. But anyway, that's what I'm planning on doing. Now, whether that comes true or not is, I don't know, but I think it will. So I feel optimistic that it will. So anyway, that's, yeah. So I am thinking in that direction. Okay. And you said you were in financial services before you were doing personal training. Have you found that you've been able to repurpose those skills or some of those experiences that you had in your former job into this personal training job? Some, I think. That kind of an environment that I was in, you lose your reticence to talk to people pretty quickly. A lot of people have a very hard time or talking to a total stranger over the telephone or otherwise. And when you're in the type of environment I was in, you have to either get out of that kind of frame of mind or you start to do. And that's one of the things that I learned how to do was to, without being obnoxious, talk to people that I don't know. And, and to help them to, and to be able to help them see what I do and why it's important to them. And that's a key thing, I think, because you're not going to keep many clients if they think that you're just going to try to make a buck off of them. They're not, that's not going to be a good feeling from their standpoint. So they're not going to respond. I've had a couple of situations where people have, people have rejected me for some reason or another. They don't want to train with me anymore. That's fine. That's happened rarely. That hadn't happened very often, but it's sometimes it does happen. And you just have to say, okay, see you later and go on because I know what I'm doing is what I want to do. And I know I'm right doing it. And if they feel otherwise, that's their, certainly their prerogative and, and they can move on somewhere else. I just hope they keep, I just hope they keep working out, keep going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. 
Do you have any advice for somebody that is thinking about getting into health and fitness as maybe their second or third act career? Yeah, like an older guy like me. The Yeah, I would say get as much education as you can. Certified personal training certification, obviously the basic thing. But that's not actually that hard to get. It's not easy, but it's certainly not hard. And But I think you need to go beyond that as much as possible. And I've got 10 certifications in various things. And, uh, and that's all good. So I think you just, and you need to be able to be, you need to be a, you need to be a lifelong learner in this business, I think. You can't just take some certification. I think you know everything because you don't. I guarantee you. And so the human body is miraculous and it is something that is constantly changing. And it is something you have to learn about and understand how it works. And that's why advanced certifications are very important. I'm getting ready to start my start one, start a new certification, hopefully this month or next at the latest. And I want to do that because as I said, I feel like I'm a lifelong learner. Number one, number two, I want to know more than I know that. I want to be able to translate that better to my clients and other, other people that I know. I want to be able to stand in front of people in a class or whatever and know that what I'm saying is the right thing to say. That's why I'm so insistent on that, that you just keep learning. You just keep learning. Mm-hmm. Was that the uh, Certified Strength and Conditioning Specialist Certification, the CSCS certification that you were yes. going for? Okay. Yeah, which yes. is a high-level certification. It's, a, it's the gold standard of certification, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So it's anybody that's anybody in the fitness industry has that sort and and I realize I'm pretty old to be getting that, but I'm not planning on quitting tomorrow, so I might as well get it and see if I can see if I can improve where I am right now. And I think I can. That's if you even look at what they learn in that course, uh, you will go holy moly. That is, it's way above anything I've ever looked at. Mm -hmm. And I just think it's imperative. Mm -hmm. I really do. Yeah. You're working in a gym setting right now. Do you have any advice or anything that you would mention about working in that type of setting? Because each setting is a little bit different. Oh, yeah. I just think for an older trainer like me, I've never had any or any other trainer ever. It's been very smooth right from the beginning. And I frankly was very nervous about that going in. And because obviously I was way older than anybody else in there. And so I didn't know what to expect exactly. But they were, everybody was very receptive and very nice and very helpful. And uh, it worked out well. But I think there are situations where, as I said, I had. People that wouldn't talk to me at all. And I think it all depends on how you go in. If you go in with a humble attitude and seeking to know more and seeking advice from the people there that are already there. There are people there when I got there that had been at that gym since it opened. And that gym's been there 17 years now, something like that. Oh. And so some of them had been there a lot of years before I ever walked in the door. So I wanted to know from them, okay, so what about this? What about this? And we, I tried to pick as many brains as I could in that situation. And, and I just found that everybody was extremely helpful. 
and very nice and very receptive of me, which was great. Yeah. It really was. That's wonderful. This has been great, Tim. Is there anything else that we, we haven't mentioned that you think is worth talking about in regards to working in this field? I just think that I think that people that are older right now say, I don't know what you consider that 16 or up would be a benchmark. I think the whole field is ripe for doing well because if you look at the aging of our society, it is getting older. And I'm terminated. And I, that doesn't mean that you're going from 25 to 30. I'm talking about you going from 60 to 70. And there are people that are their lifespan, even though it looks like the lifespan has actually decreased this past year or a couple of years. But actually, you've got a lot of people my age that are active and doing things and they want to be active and they want to do things. They don't want to sit down and do nothing. And they're more and more as education increases in this area. And especially with groups like FAI, they've been a fantastic source to help move this along, move it to where people now go, hey, I know I need to do this or that and maintain my health. And you realize that and step into that with that kind of attitude, you're going to, I think you've got to be well-received, you've got to be successful, you're going you're to be able to help a heck of a lot of people. And I just think there needs to be more mature people. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with young trainers. It's not at all. But but at any rate, I think the field is the, the population is aging so much now. Yeah. Average age is creeping up all the time. And I don't know if it's still true or not, but if there was baby boomers, there were 10,000 every day turning 65 for a while. I don't know if that's still yes. the case. It may yeah. be. Mm-hmm. But, but that's a massive number. Mm-hmm. And it, the advantage is there, no question about it. And but you just need to go, you just need to go do it. But you've got to be ready when you go. You don't want to go in there thinking that hey, everybody jump on your bandwagon. They're not. You gotta, you gotta go make, you gotta go make sure everybody knows that you know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I don't know if that's helpful or not. That is helpful. I think there's some advantages to being in fitness in the second half of life because there's that relatability factor. No, no doubt about it. There's no doubt about that. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Again, thank you so much, Tim, for your time. I appreciate your insights and hearing how this has been for you, what it's been like being in the industry. And I love that you're continuing to learn and keep going with this. And I know that you're going to continue to help a lot of people and inspire a lot of people. Yeah, I hope to. That's the idea. That's the plan. Thank you so much, Jim. Thank you, Aaron. I appreciate it very much. And look forward to seeing you next year at the convention, hopefully. Yes. Okay. Okay, (laughs) bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. If you're interested in becoming a fitness professional, the Functional Aging Institute is the go-to source for training mature clients by providing fitness professionals with the most current, up-to-date, and forward-thinking techniques and strategies. They offer certifications, videos, seminars, and on-site workshops. FAI is mentioned in almost every podcast episode to date. In the show description, there's a link to get 20% off the group exercise and functional aging specialist certification. Want to connect with guests on this podcast? Join the Second Act Fit Pros LinkedIn group. The group was created to connect aspiring health and fitness professionals to those currently working in the field. If you're interested in exploring a Second Act career in health and fitness, 
sign up for the Second Act Fit Pros newsletter. I provide information on online events I host on how to become a health and fitness professional and opportunities to connect with others embarking on their Second Act career in health and fitness. A link to sign up for the newsletter, the LinkedIn group, and the FAI discount can all be found in the show description.